Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Hello, everyone, and congratulations on not killing yourselves. You guys. Wait. You got you guys. Did you kill yourself? No. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Welcome to the voices in our heads. My name is Christina Marie Hutchinson, and I just prematurely ripped this pore strip off my nose, and now I'm gonna look gross. Man, I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so good because I'm being true to myself. Honestly, that's not even a joke. I really am. I I have, fair warning, have not slept in over 24 hours. And I'm that punch drunk fucking woo kind of place. And after this, I'm recording this and I'm sending it to Mike the day before it comes out because I'm super fucking responsible and everyone can suck my fucking dick. Uh... After this, I'm going to go play with the child. Not just any child. My friend's daughter, who I really love. And she's just the cutest little thing I've ever seen. I had a piano tuner come over today. That takes a long time, man. A piano tuner came over to my house at 10 a.m. And then I was like, this is going to be like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And I went downstairs and I was waiting to take a nap because I hadn't slept all night. Because, oh boy, I'll tell you about that later. I'm very excited. I was just so goddamn jazzed. I couldn't sleep. But it took him three hours. I'm like, okay. I mean, I want it done right. And he was so thorough. But all right. Can you get out of my house? I know I hired you, but can you get out and stop doing the thing that I asked you to do, you to come over here and do and pay you for? Thank you. And that's a wrap on Piano Tuner Guy. Wow. Well, I kept, you know, because I'm really getting, I'm really, for the first time, I'm really diving into owning my truth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, like stating it in the real world. I think that's a really important part to owning your truth is to like say it, you know, and not just pretend that you don't care when you really do. That's what I'm working on. I'm working on speaking the fuck up. And at first I didn't want to tell him. Well, I didn't want to ask him how much longer because I was didn't want to sound like an ungrateful bitch. So <laughs> I just kept going upstairs. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what you're doing. Awesome. Sick. And then he was just kept being here. I'm like, all right. And that's a wrap on the piano. Thank you. We're good. And then eventually I was like, okay, can you go? I got to do stuff. I got to record my podcast. And he's like, oh, wow, you have a podcast? That's so unique. I'm like, I know. No one no one has one, just me. <coughs> Ooh, yeah, cough. Not into the mic this time. I didn't cough into the mic this time. I coughed around it, but not directly into it. I mean, thank you so much, honey. Well, thank you. Uh, <gasps> Hey, would you guys like to vacation in Satan's asshole? Come to New York City, where it's hot to trot, and you could bake a pancake on the sidewalk. Holy hell. It is so hot today in New York. 
uh, you you really forget. I've lived here for a long time. You really forget how brutal the 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 worst parts of the summer can be because they're not supposed to happen till fucking August. Houston, global warming is real. Cool. Tell me what I can do about it instead of keep making me feel guilty like we're doomed. Okay? How about we send some positive energy out into the goddamn world and you tell me what the fuck I can do about it. Already use disposable grocery bags. Already recycle my cans. I already try to inform myself, but not too much because the shit's sad, frankly, and I don't want to think about it. Okay? I got a lot of other shit going on. I, there's so much plastic in the ocean, but I, God damn it, if I am not occupied with other things, you know, I'll tell you what. Not that I don't care, but I just can't care about all this stuff at one time. That's the sound of coffee. Ice coffee, doy. Yeah, it's fucking hot. It's Today I walked outside and I was like, oh, no, fuck this shit. You could. It was one of those where you went to breathe in and you're like, I think I'm going to need an inhaler. What am I, a French bulldog? That was a callback. Thank you. Thank y'all. Hey, are you going to get a French bulldog as your new puppy? No. Good, because they can't breathe. <laughs> they can't breathe right. And, and they can't give birth naturally. They don't want to be here. They don't, French Bulldogs don't want to be here. So let's stop making them, huh? If there's no demand, there's no breeders. Ever think about that? Have you ever seen a French Bulldog at a rescue? N-O-No. Correct. That is correct. Also, holy hell. Okay, in addition to to basking in... In the anus of a dumpster fire that is the 8,000 degrees in New York City today, there's a lot of hot people. I don't know if it's a new wave of hot people. They're like young hot people that are giving me life. Oh, my God. I mean, in summer, the titties is out in the summer. Always, you know, because it's the summer. And But, you know, it's so funny. Well, I guess when you're... Maybe when you're in your 20s, you like summer better, but like, fuck summer kind of because the clothes suck and I'll, I'm sorry, but can, can you just somebody give me a pair of jean shorts that don't, that don't violate my asshole with every step? No means no. Well, that's what I said to those jeans going up my bum hole, but guess what? They still did it. I mean, men, you don't have to deal with this, but honestly, walk a day in our shoes, a.k.a. walk a day in our jean shorts, your balls will punch you in the face. I mean, women put up with a lot, and one of them is these goddamn jean shorts. I mean, my asshole is being interrogated with every step of the of these jean shorts. It's rude, and I don't like it, but... If you walk around New York City, my God, gorgeous. And I'm talking about the women, okay? I ain't talking about the dudes. Sorry. Just the hottest bitches in the land live here, and I'm so proud to be amongst you. Like, I really, I get energy from you. Just And when I say hottest bitches in the land, I'm talking... Women that fucking feel themselves and know they look good and walk down the street like, yep, uh-huh. Like, oh, I love that. I love that. 
And it's not, it's not an arrogance. It's not like, I know physical looks, I guess you can't, not, it can't not be an ego thing, I guess. But it's, it's a vibe. It's a Beyonce vibe or something. I don't know. It's, but it's not like a, oh, you're probably a real bitch. It's not like that at all. There's, but there's hordes of women. Hordes of whores. I mean that in a loving way. In a very respectful way. Hordes of whores coming in to the city with the titties out looking all gorgeous and inspiring me to be my, be my most beautiful self. So, I'm excited. I really, I love being around hot people. I have, I have a lot of hot friends. I have a lot of hot friends. I, I love hot people because they, if I stare at you long enough, I feel as hot as you. I don't know if ever, anybody else gets that way, but I love it. Hot people don't make me feel not hot. They make me feel very hot because I'm like, yeah, we're all hot people. Woo. And when I say hot people, I guess uh, I don't mean like your typical magazine person because no, 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 no. I'm talking about the vibe. And and a lot of times that comes with like a sexy motherfucker, a sexy person. But like, it's just, mm, 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 mm. I, I like the energy that's happening in New York City. Other than the fact that you are taking a tour of hell by walking outside at the moment. It is, it is, it's a nice place to be. Okay. It's a nice place to be. There's and there's it's just so many hot it's just so many hot people. And I was looking around I've been walking around I've been hanging out a little bit lately, like socializing and shit. <laughs> I know, right? And the it, you could tell New York City is 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 morphing into something new, like it always does. And it makes me very happy. And you don't really know what it is. But you're like, hey, let's watch this new vibe of the city unfold. How will I contribute to it? Well, I have a lot of plans. I want to contribute to how art unfolds in New York City. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to dedicate a lot of my time to doing that. Because, boy, am I going to share with you a fucking chapter from a book that made me sob. It made me weep like a child last night in the middle of the night and I didn't sleep last night because I read this and I started it like released something in me it was like one of those like chiropractic adjustments for your soul where you're like you just let it out and you know it's old feelings and you're like yeah girl let it out take a dump right in your bed but I'm not talking about poopy I'm talking about your fucking old feelings get that shit out of my body Hot girl summer? More like realized girl summer. Like, I know who I am girl summer. Like, I'm a fucking find myself summer. I'm a fucking be who I want to be and not be, not bow down to other people's opinions of me or not, not, um, <laughs> that got a little beat poetry. Uh, not, um, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I don't know. I just something shifted and I really like it. Something shifted after reading this chapter of like, oh, nothing matters, but in like a really good way. And also, God damn, as much work as I've been doing on myself, there's so many things that I still do 
in my weekly routine, my daily routine, because I feel guilty, because I think people want it or because it's the right thing to do, but not in terms of my morals and values, just because I feel obligated. And it's like, well, that's not you want to come from the heart. You want to come from the heart. God, I'm so excited for you to hear this chapter that I'm about to that I'm going to read to you at some point. Okay, but before we get to all that, okay, like before we get to all that shit, let's do some fuckboy theater. Fuckboy theater. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to read a lovely conversation between a fuckboy named Hector and a woman who's a great person, probably never did anything wrong in her life. Okay, ready? To be honest... Wait. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know why, but I randomly get horny for you. Crying emoji. And then 15 minutes later, he says, You there? And then 15 minutes after that, he says, hello. Why? It wasn't even that good, to be honest, from what I remember. Crying laughing me, emoji. Sorry, I'm at work. It was all right. LOL. You do suck dick the best, though. <sighs> it's always great to hear, even if it's from someone like him. What makes it better than anyone else's? <laughs> See, that's how you get a girl's attention. Oh, my head game strong? Oh, it's the best, best dick sucking you ever had? Oh, tell me more. Thank you. Compliments to the chef. Thank you so much. I'm not done. Not even close. So she said, what makes it better than anyone else's? I'm hard just thinking about it. All right. You didn't answer the question, dipshit. Damn, LOL. Crying emoji. I told you I gave it best. I miss it. LOL. Yeah. (laughs) I want it again. Where do you work? And then two minutes later, he sends a picture of his hard penis under his underwear. But if you're going to wear Fruit of the Loom underwear, take it off. And then she doesn't respond. And then 15 minutes later, he says, I want you bad. And then 10 minutes later, he says, hello. And then 10 minutes after that, he says, I'm horny, crying emoji. LOL, chill. I don't want to. Okay, ha ha. Sit on my face. I'll pass. LOL. Like I said, I have a man. Damn. Sorry, bud. No worries. Fuck, I definitely want to fuck with you again. Hard pass. Why? Was I that bad in bed? Honestly, you were kind of selfish, and I got nothing out of it. I was honestly just kind of nervous. Trying to meet up later? And what? What do you what do you mean what? Meet up and do what? Have you sit on my face, duh? Mmm, I don't know. Why not? I don't know if it's worth it. It'll be worth it, trust me. I'll make up for the last time. I don't know. I'm actually close to your house. I honestly miss how you sucked my cock so bad. And how you looked naked doggy. Like, fuck, I want to send you nudes. I'm getting horny just thinking about it. You're crazy. <laughs> about your mouth on my cock. OMG. Face palm emoji, face palm emoji, crying laughing face emoji, crying laughing face emoji. 
Tongue out emoji. Sorry, not sorry. No one has done it better. Really? <laughs> Again, fellas, if you just want to get a woman's attention, tell her her head game's the best you've ever experienced. Actually, I don't know. Let me make sure and have you do it again just to check. Shut up, crying laughing face emoji, crying laughing face emoji, crying laughing face emoji. What do you mean, shut up? All you do is make me moan. Tongue out emoji, tongue out emoji, tongue out emoji. I don't remember that. What's your number? And scene. 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 That's a wrap on Fuckboy Theater. Woohoo, Hector. You can go on. Fuck yourself. Okay? You can go fuck yourself. Oh, it's cute. We're cute. We're living. We're moving. We're grooving. Okay. You guys. After you go down to Wawa, get Hagee. Watch the mayor. Watch Mayor of Easttown. And let me just clear this f- for off the bat. It's not mayor like the mayor, like. I've got voted in and I'm the mayor, M-A-Y-O-R. No, it's mayor, as in a horse, as in a lady's name, M-A-R-E, mayor of Easttown, like I am Christina of New York City. <laughs> so sick. Mayor of Easttown. She lives in Easttown. Easttown is a place in eastern Pennsylvania. And my God, oh my God, I'm just getting triggered even thinking about it. It's a rough watch if you're from eastern PA. And if you're if you say PA, then you're gonna go ah a lot of the times during the show. I have never, you guys, I have never witnessed a show. I mean, it's the area that I'm from, so it's the area that I know really well. I I mean, it's and I'm like, oh my god, you did a show that's like really good. First of all, it's on HBO. Second of all, third of all, that like nails where I grew up. I mean, nails the vibe of the households I grew up in. All the details. The accent was a little painful, gotta be honest. And I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Because I know if you have seen the whole thing, you're going to go, don't, don't, don't fuck it up for those people who didn't see it. And I agree. I'm not going to. I mean, satisfying ending. Oh, it's about time someone gives me a goddamn motherfucking show with a satisfying ending. I saw some conflicts played out that I wanted to see that I didn't think I was going to see because we usually don't get all that. Usually they just dangle that meat right in front of my face and then won't let me eat it. But no, this show had some great conflict resolution and some surprise turns. A lot of them, actually. And at the at the bottom of it was heart. I mean, it's a fucking... It's, so if you know, don't give a flying fuck about Pennsylvania, watch the show regardless. It's so good. But boy, if you are from there or know somebody who is... You go get something extra special from it. The only word that they got under the accent was home and phone. Like Kate Winslet is British. First of all, you're a British person doing an American accent. So that alone, excellent one. Great job. Great fucking job. I mean, what? You know, I can't do that. Can I do that? No. Yeah. No. No. I know. I can't. I can't. I know. I can't. I'm Asian in acting, but I can't do that. I, I get it. So she's a British person doing an American accent. So I'm like, I'm not like, oh, I can't believe Kate Winslet's like Pennsylvania accent sucks. It's not great. But the thing about it is there's only one word that's Pennsylvania and it's the O sound. All right, well, go and get Michael and tell him to come home. Like, all right, it's a little more <laughs> spread out than just those words. 
I just think it's so funny because it's almost as if they made him redo all the takes and insert the word home or phone so that they could just be a little bit in the lane. <laughs> but I'm saying I, the split level houses, I think that's a, re- I didn't realize that was such a PA thing, but all my friends growing up had so many of my friends. Oh, now I'm being hyperbolic. Come on. You know me. Um, had split level homes, homes, and ro- the Rolling Rock and Yingling consumption, like the main character, Mayor of Easttown, that's where she lives, played by Kate Winslet, who's British, she's just trying. Great actress. My God, this woman. I'm in love with this woman. I have been since Titanic. And she is such a goddamn great actress. I mean, whoo, the sense of urgency in those eyeballs. I really enjoy it. As someone who got into green acting, I can say, like, confidently that she's like really good so the split level homes the yingling the rolling rock i mean whew, if that ain't and the the way pennsylvania there's a darkness to eastern pennsylvania that is palpable to me and i didn't really realize that until i've been doing these deep dives into myself and the darkness is everyone runs from their feelings and no one talks about shit and they run they run from their feelings by by way of rolling rock or yingling or the eagles the eagles the phillies go to philly watch the phillies game sports just not talking about what's actually happening while really dark shit is happening i mean that if that ain't pennsylvania eastern pennsylvania in a goddamn nutshell oh and the affairs and the opioid and the addictions Oh, that ending's so satisfying. I want to fucking marry it. You got... I just highly recommend the show. You should watch it. You should watch it. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had a... I've had... I've been filling out some forums lately. Actually, I have to... Yeah, I've been filling out a lot of forums lately. And a lot of these forums are asking for my emergency contact. And I'm like, what? Uh... Uh, I guess my brother, uh, my emergency contact, my brother was fourth place on my emergency contact list. No offense him. I just, you know, he's just, I, I love him. He just was fourth. First was the boyfriend. Second was the best friend. Third was my dad. And then my brother. But the first three people, I don't really fucking talk to you anymore. And some, well, my dad, and I really, I mean, I, yeah, I don't. It makes me sad. Well, only one of them makes me sad, my dad, that I don't talk to. But I will talk to him soon because I'll miss and love him. But I'm like, wow, I got to, I guess, <laughs> I'm fucking loser, your brother, your emergency contact. Like a part, like a, some of the voices in my head, the ones that are real assholes are like, fucking loser, no one loves you. <laughs> But so, but if I really go in on myself like in an overt way that's not that's very obviously not true, it becomes comical to me. Fucking nerd, go play chess. Your fucking brother's your emergency contact. Ugh. <laughs> I love my brother. Thank God, I I got a family member I'm close to, because family is really nice, and I miss mine, and I don't have a big one. But I'm only talking to my brother. Uh. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to play that interview on my Patreon, y'all. Ooh, I got a parking ticket because NYPD traffic cops can suck my fucking nutsack, you shitbags. Just kidding. That's me venting. You're just doing your job. What a terrible job you must have. I mean, you're just the bearer of bad news. You are literally being dicks for a living, but that's your job. 
Now, I I've never seen an NYPD officer put a ticket on my thing. But let me tell you something. This little child who leased me, he was a nice kid, but he was 20 years old. And he asked me, actually, you fucking heard him ask me because I took the call on the Voices in Our Heads podcast. I was like, oh, the child's calling me who leased the car to me. My, my, my Mustang that I'm madly in love with. Like, it's my, my mate. And he said, and you heard it here first, folks. Do you want the license plate on the back or the front and the back? And I said, I guess just the back. Well, turns out, motherfuckers, the New York City, at least, you get a goddamn $65 ticket if you park that baby without a license plate screwed into the front. Uh, you know, the first ticket I got, I had taken the license plate from the dashboard because it was rattling and it was distracting me, the reflection, and I just didn't like it. It didn't look sharp. So I put it in between the passenger seat and the dashboard. But then I got a ticket for $65. And I was like, oh, that's a bitch. Mm, don't like that. So I put it back on that dashboard. And then today, I, I couldn't sleep all night because I was so excited about a project, that uh, a shoot that went until 3 a.m., but it went so well. I got real jazzed about it, and I just couldn't sleep. That happens sometimes. So I was like, oh, I'm going to finally go over to Little Island. It's a new park in New York City where you don't have to have a, a, a registered like entrance time before noon if you enter before noon. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to drive over there and go to this park because I can't fucking sleep. And it's what I did. And I came back. I had a great time at that goddamn park. And I came back and there's another 65 goddamn dollar ticket on my face. And I was like, well, heavens to Betsy, that's a bitch. And I was like, I'm going to call that child that leased me that thing. That thing. Peaches, my Mustang. My favorite. Oh, other than Kevin, of course. Duh. Um. This child who who walked me through my first car uh, asked me if I would like a front license plate. And I said, no, because I assumed if you ask me, that means it's a fucking option. Well, guess what, y'all? If you live in New York City, you got to have a license plate screwed in. I'm talking about get your big dick drill out and you drill that fucking sucker to the front of your car. And now I got to go down to the dealership and have them drill to the car. But I'm not allowing them to put the Coppell Ford border around it because I'm not a goddamn billboard. Okay? Your child fucked me over into a hundred and however much 65 times two is into tickets. I'm not going to go back and do that math because I don't care what y'all think. And I'm living my truth. I'm bad at math and I'm fine with it. 130. All right, fine. I had to do it. <laughs> I didn't do it on a calculator, though. But what the fuck? So, yeah, I haven't gotten to the dealership yet, but I will. I will. Parking meter cops park, or meter maids or whatever. Well, I, I mean, is anybody listening one of those? Because goddamn... That You guys got to have some crazy stories of people getting mad because, you know, we're all walking around with wounds and most of us ain't privy to that yet. OK, maybe we haven't listened to the voices in our heads yet. We haven't watched a young woman deal through her emotional wounds and be maybe a little too honest and share too much shit and kind of fuck up her life a little bit in her relationship with the closest people she has. But then she figures out it's for the best because she's being true to herself. With the vet, with the warm hug of a thoughtful, caring audience who understands her, so I appreciate you all every day. But still, working on it. But wow, people carrying around a lot of pain, and so you're looking for a punching bag 
I mean, a guy putting a fucking ticket on your windshield. There you go. There's an easy one. I, you know, to to the to the less evolved, emotionally evolved person. Or if you're just having a bad day, I guess. But fuck it. You know, if you're having a bad day, you can still be kind and respectful to people. I know. Just saying that. Well, that's how I remember it. Just saying it out loud so I remember it. Okay, guys. Uh, P.S. You know, all these deep dives of books. I'm reading so many books and I'm, I'm coming out with a book list for my Patreon um, of books I'm currently reading because I watch this docuseries on Bill Gates and that motherfucker carries around a giant picnic basket bag this giant bag full of books. He's always reading books. And I'm like, well, I am too. I just walked around thinking I was weird. But you know what? Bill Gates does it. So everyone go fuck themselves. Now, a lot of mine are audio books. But that's okay because I'm here for efficiency. But I've been reading a lot of books. And this, 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 this book. What, what order do I want to do it in? Okay, you know what? I'm going to read this chapter last. I'm going to read this little excerpt last. This is going to be the last thing on the episode. Because I would like to read some of your magical fucking emails. And if you would like to send me one, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. It really does seem like uh, reading these is one, you guys like it, which I like because I like it too. So I like when you like it and I like it. And we all like it. And we're like, ah, I love it. Uh, and three point five, it. Uh, keep them coming. The voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. Oh, the, the second point that I was going to make was that he, a lot of people have said to me via email that hearing these stories kind of made them pay, makes them pay attention more to shit. And now they're noticing things that they weren't noticing. And that makes me so happy. I mean, I'm really doing my part, make the world a better place. Wow. Good for me. Wait, wait, Good for thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. So let's read some uh, emails. Subject line: I saw a ghost the night before my dad almost died from sepsis. Well, I'm glad he almost died and he didn't actually die, girl. Even though death is in real times, bullshit. Hey, Christina, I've been meaning to send you an email about this. I was just reminded by your Instagram story to do so. So here we go. Thanks for the reminder. I'm a huge fan and I love all that you do. I saw you and Corinne in Nashville and had the night of my life. Girl, if that you're talking about the most recent show, that was one of the best nights of my life. That was such a fucking great show. Oh, I mean, Corinne and I are really good together. Thank you for coming out. And me plus Corinne plus the fans. I mean, go put a cactus up your butthole. You won't feel it because you'll be in such a good place that you're immune to all pain because you're just in your best energy. Is that a good review for our shows? I don't know. Come see us live, guys. Uh, But I'll get straight to it. My dad has been battling cancer for the past six years or so. He has underwent many treatments and surgeries and has actually died and been resuscitated three times now. His doctors always say that they don't know if he is the luckiest guy they know or the unluckiest guy because of the amount of complications he's had, all of which should have killed him, but haven't multiple times. He says he doesn't remember anything for weeks surrounding these times that scares the absolute shit out of us as we prepare our goodbyes and then all of a sudden get a call that he's awake and talking. Oh, wow. What a 180, huh? Oh, your dad's dying. Wait, never mind. He's fine. He's walking around. He's going to play putt-putt. You want to play putt-putt with him? Whoa. Wait, what? Can I have a second to process that? I mean, whew. 
my mom almost well there was a point there was a couple points but one point where we just thought like she didn't have cancer like the doctor wasn't like oh it's can't we just didn't know what was wrong with her she didn't like the doctors didn't know but they were like i don't think you're gonna live which much longer and we're like oh fuck and then my mom's like you can have that christina and dj you can have that and i'm like can we not do that but the doctors were like i don't know what's wrong with you and then they figured it out and then it was just like these weird freak things so that it's jarring to think that your parent is passing away and prepping for that and then they just don't and you're like oh i mean it's good but whoo what a 180 anyway just inserting my two cents but i had a really crazy experience the week surrounding his last surgery that went wrong and i'm convinced i saw ghosts i think they were protecting him then girl they were that's your instincts Back in 2018, my dad underwent a colon resection surgery to remove the cancerous part of his colon. This sounds like an intense surgery, but it's pretty routine, a pretty routine one. And he was in the best hospital in the best um, in the country for the cause. I won't put them in the event. This gets read a uh, read. OK, cool. Uh, so we weren't worried. My dad wound up with septic shock three days later due to a leak in his colon and almost died. This recovery was grueling. He had to relearn how to walk and eat and everything. It took him about two years to become independent again. But with a colostomy bag and horrible hernias because of this botched surgery. Oh, no, you poor dad. Oh. He was never back to normal. December 4th, 2020, he was scheduled to get all of this fixed. They were going to reverse his col- colostomy bag and fix the hernia so he could get his life back again and be strong for his next round of chemo. Oh, poor baby. However... The same thing happened. There was this leak in his colon, and he went into septic shock again. We even went in to say goodbye because he was going to or- into organ failure, and the next day, he was awake. Before the surgery, I had a sense of dread I cannot explain. My dog, dog was also acting super weird for the week leading up to me going home to New Jersey to be with my family for this. She was waking up in the middle of the night and barking at the corner of the room. Yo, my dog does that sometimes? And I'm like, huh? Wow, that's interesting. Interesting. Which she has never done before and not, um, and not again since. Ah. During the day, she was always looking behind me instead of at me. I was convinced she saw a ghost. Oh, dude, that's fucking crazy you say that. Okay. I was convinced she saw a ghost and I welcomed them knowing I was about to be under a lot of stress surrounding the surgery. And I thought it was some relative letting me know that I'm not alone. The night before his surgery, December 3rd, my dad was standing in the kitchen and I was in the next room on the couch where I could see him through the doorway. I saw someone hug him from the side. I thought him and my mom were saying goodnight. So I wanted to hug him again. Uh, goodnight, too. So I walked in there and he was alone. My mom was upstairs. So were my brothers. Wow. Fuck. I still can't believe I can call my dad today and hear his voice because I was sure I would never uh, again this time. To die and come back to life two times is one thing, but I was uh, but I was sure three would be too much for anybody. But here we are, and I owe it to whoever that was protecting us from beyond. Much love. I don't know if I can say your name, so I won't say it, but oh my God, you saw somebody hugging your dad. That's wild. That reminds me of that um, story where the woman said she saw an old man eating with an old woman, but then the old woman was gone and they used to come to the, oh my God, do you remember that story? That was fucking so beautiful. Okay, next subject line. Okay, this is the last one I'm going to read. But keep sending them to me. 
Subject line is Dolly Parton lets me know my grandpa is near. Oh, you know what? I'm going to read one more. My name is Stephanie. You can say my name. I've been really enjoying your dive into psychic abilities, paranormal experiences, and the afterlife. I've always considered myself very intuitive, and since listening to your recent episodes, I've been embracing that part of myself. Hell yeah, good for you. Last year, I lost my grandpa after a long battle with brain and colon cancer. He was such a bright spot in our family and with this contagious laugh and never-ending stories. Losing him during the middle of this pandemic made grieving process so much harder. The depression that followed consumed me and, if I'm being honest, still does from time to time. Oh, girl. As the anniversary of his death came and went, I found myself longing for a sign from him, anything that would let me know he was still around. It wasn't too long after listening to the ep- episode 75 that he visited me in my dreams. Yes, bitch! Yes! I'm so, it makes me so happy. In this dream, he was young vibrant and dancing oh hell yeah he turned to me and flashed his huge smile revealing his dimples and i remember feeling a sense of peace i had been searching for since he passed cut to my drive home this evening oh hey remember oh my god are you gonna, i'm reading this live on air so i think i if i think you're gonna say what i think you're gonna say i'm gonna freak out i found myself thinking of him and asking him to give me a sign that he was with me good for you girl because when you're driving that's kind of a meditative state and that's when your loved ones can talk to you because death is not real ooh, ooh. Uh, cut to me uh, cut to my drive home this evening I found myself thinking of him and asking him to give me a sign that he was with me as I pulled up to a stoplight I looked at the car to my right and the plate read be mindful the letter B instead of B but be mindful mindful all spelled out I felt chills through my body oh man me too now I decided to ask for another sign and thought grandpa if that was really you and hey guys side note If you want another sign to specify, ask for one. Ask for it. Your loved ones want to talk to you. Ask for it. Uh, Grandpa, if that was really you, show me Dolly Parton. He loved Dolly Parton and had a calendar of hers in his wood shop long after that that calendar year had passed. Oh, that's so sweet. While scrolling through Instagram, hours later, I saw three separate posts, all unrelated accounts, about Dolly Parton. And now you could say Instagram's listening to you, but actually they're not. So... That was your dad. That's so cool. It's safe to say that my grandpa is still, or your grandpa, rather, sorry, not your dad. It's safe to say my grandpa is still very much around. My brother and my sister also share this gift. Maybe next time I can share the story of my sister's imaginary friend, in quotes, from the 1800s. Oh, my God, please. Or the time I saw a ghost in my great-grandma's basement. Oh, my God, please tell me that story, girl. Do not withhold that story from us. Thank you for sharing such a personal part of your life on both your podcasts. It helped me through work through my childhood trauma approach, uh, approach the topic of ethical non-monogamy with my husband. It's been two years and so wonderful for our relationship. Yay, girl! And celebrate being a sexually explorative woman. I really appreciate you and the space you've created. Give Kevin a hug for me. Love, Stephanie. Oh, that's sweet. Kevin, Stephanie says hi. He's asleep, but he says hi back probably. He says hi back. Wait, there was another one. Okay. Signs from the universe and numerology. This one I wanted to read because she sent me pictures and I was like, oh, well, goddamn, if that ain't crazy, huh? Oops. What I got to do? Command minus. Okay. Uh, Oh, fuck. (laughs) Guys, I'm so professional. Fuck you. Okay. Uh, hi, Christina, fan and follower of your work from day one. I've been wanting to write in to share my own 
uh, share some of my own psychic experiences and run-ins with ghosts, but kept putting it off until your episode last week when you brought up signs from the universe. I'll try to make this as concise as possible, so bear with me. I'm a 28-year-old licensed professional counselor, and I'd been working as a psych- psychiatric in a psychiatric hospital for two years. Then in November of 2020, I was laid off due to COVID. Oh, man, that is not a position that should go away because of COVID. Although... I have two master's degrees slash licenses in the healthcare field, like the majority of the world during the pandemic, was struggling, majorly struggling to find another job. This led me to have to take a full-time nannying job in order to pay my bills, which really took a toll on my self-esteem because... Yeah, because I felt like I had regressed back into my high school years and was babysitting for families in my small town for gas money again. After a few months of nannying for a very wonderful family, I was feeling really low, so frustrated in the regression of my career path and stuck in a seemingly never-ending rut. One day in early February, which for some reason is always a very transformative month for me. Maybe it's because I'm born in that month. It's not, but I just want to say that to be a little cunt. Uh, I was scrolling through my phone. Oops. I was scrolling. Oh, my God. I'm like a fucking. I Hold on. I lost it. Oh, my God. I can't yell at a producer because I'm a producer. <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, Okay, so one day in February, a very transformative month for me, I was scrolling through my phone while the baby was napping and kept noticing the number 33 repeatedly pop up. I had 33 unread emails, 33 texts, and then I locked the a lo- uh, looked at the clock and it was 3.33. I remember thinking, that's cool, and moved on. When the baby woke up a few minutes later, after 33 minutes, I opened the blinds in his bedroom, looked out the window, and oh, by the way, she says in 33 minutes, she attaches all these screenshots of the threes, and there's a baby monitor app screenshot of saying that your baby woke up 33 minutes after it fell asleep so there's proof I, I opened the blinds to his bedroom looked out the window and realized they lived on 33rd street oh the baby's family and their house number was 333 oh fucking wow i tend to be rather cynical and i very much relate to corinne in most areas of life <laughs> Uh, haha. But I thought to myself, wait, numerology is a thing, right? I wonder what the significance of the number three, uh, 33. I Googled it and I found that the number 33 is an angel number, also called master number. This and symbolizes divine guidance from the universe and is associated with compassion, bravery, and courage. Girl! In short, this number is a sign that the angels, whether it be your ancestors, a loved one who has passed, your guardian angel, or whatever. Oh, whatever shit you believe in are telling you that you are on the right path and that they are there helping guide you. Since February, I see this number fucking everywhere from simple things like a billboard, the mileage on my car or the uh, time left on the dishwasher to more complex things like dropping a book and picking it up to see that it is open to page 33. Randomly pausing a show on 33 minutes and 33 seconds. And she sent me a picture of that on her TV. I'm like, damn. Or getting an insurance rebate check in the mail for $33.03. Damn. When I find myself becoming cynical about it, I try to remember myself, to remind myself that there are no coincidences, especially with numbers, because they are absolute values that carry their own energies. Goddamn right. There have been even been times where I find myself brushing it off and telling myself that it isn't real. And then I'll look up 
and see the number 33 in the background of a show or something, and I am instantly uplifted. I've attached a few pictures as examples. I would love to hear other people's experiences and knowledge about angel numbers, mainly because any information I have on this topic is just from basic Google searches, but I have been very fascinated with this concept. Other examples of angel numbers include 11, which means you are on the path to enlightenment, 22, trust your intuition, 44, you are on the path to accomplishing your goals, Uh, 55, you are on the brink of stepping into a pivotal time in your life, a major change is coming, 66, stay optimistic, okay, so it's not the devil, stay optimistic, so fuck all y'all, 77, continue on the path you are on, 88, fortune and money are coming, honey, 99, associated with the ending of something and the start of something new, while listening to episode 88, angel number, Ooh, that means fortune and money are coming, honey, of the voices in our heads this past Wednesday where you asked for email submissions regarding signs of the universe. I told myself that I should write in and share my experience, but then put it off for the rest of the week. Cut to this morning. I was listening to the most recent Guys We Fucked episode with Michael Rapaport, fucking iconic. Absolutely. Goddamn right. He's fucking iconic. That episode was one of my favorite things I've ever done. And in the intro, there is a part where you literally say to Corinne, oh, look, it's 333. I fucking remember that. Oh, I just got chills. Cool. I practically threw my coffee across the room and was like, okay, Christina, I hear you. And then went and got my laptop to start writing this email. So thank you for that. Little telepathic reminder. You are a true witch, girl. <laughs> that is so cool. Shut the fuck up, girl. That's so cool. Oh, my God. I'm smiling from ear to ear. That's really cool. I love these emails. Oh, and then another guy emailed me and said that I don't know what flight. It was a Delta flight, like some airline flight, I guess. And it was painted red for the New York Fire Department. FDNY. Fire Department of New York. Whatever. And then he said, wait, where is he said he, he was like oh that's interesting I, I don't know but then he said that uh, he said that his pilot's name was Kevin McAllister and I was like shut the fuck up wait did he send me proof of that like because I think he sent did he send me a oh, he sent me a pic of the um of the fucking plane yeah, he sent me a pic of the plane. Oh, yeah, and he sent me a pic, JFK flight, McAllister, Kevin, inbound, Fairmont, L, San Juan Hotel. Yeah, the, the fucking pilot was Kevin McAllister, and it was an FDNY, like, themed flight, because it was paint. the plane was painted that. <laughs> and so he was like, I don't know, I just want to show you that and say hi. I'm like, fuck, that's so wild, y'all. Okay, so... Before I share this chapter, which is one of the most amazing things I've ever read, I want to say that, and I'm not going to make a big deal out of this on social media, um, because I feel like, you know, I feel like I know. Social media is, it feels so appearance related, which of course it is. It's a photo app, right? But then you like write a cute thing in the caption or whatever. But I want to only share this with you that's listening to this episode. This is going to be uh, the final episode of The Voices in Our Heads, but don't freak out. I can feel it already. Calm down. The reason why is because I had this epiphany after reading this particular chapter, and I I want to, I, 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 you know, I really love this podcast so much, and it has made me really stick up for myself in a way that I never have before, even by, when I'm by myself. 
because I'm talking, I gotta like talk out loud to like figure shit out. And I realized, I'm like, okay, this has really served me well. And I, from hearing from all of you, it seems to have helped you with various things. And that makes me so fucking happy. Uh, I, and I'm ending the podcast for many reasons. Um, and I'm so excited to tell you them. This is like a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, I want to come up, first of all, I'm going to come up with another podcast idea. It's not going to be called The Voices in Our Heads. It's going to be called something else where I don't necessarily talk about these deep dives uh, of my personal life anymore because I really got so much out of putting my personal life out there. And it was wonderful. Even though I don't recommend other people do it, <laughs> I really don't. I recommend you share in group therapy, but I don't recommend you put your personal life out there on a podcast. Um, it's taxing is one of the reasons why, especially if if people listen to it. Like it's it's taxing. Like it's it's I don't know, there's a lot that comes with it, but it's been so rewarding. I want to come up with a new concept for a podcast. I really want to dedicate a podcast to um these mystical experiences. Um but the other reason why I want to end this podcast so lovingly and graciously and with much appreciation. I'll be starting a new one at some point. Um but I need to take a little time off I need to do me and what, by doing me I mean how can I best put this um I I always I feel like I was going through my day to day based off of what I thought I should be doing in, in this in this kind of way like deep down it's like am I a good person if I get all this stuff done is really what's at the core of it and it's exhausting and throughout particularly the voices in our heads podcast it's been made very clear to me through stream of consciousness that i there's so much guilt in my life and i'm really ready to let it go and i'm excited to let it go and and i'm i'm starting to like i the the way i talk about myself to other people is changing the way i voice how i feel without being a cunt is happening and that's really nice because, you know, when you don't hold when you hold your feelings inside, deep down inside and you hug them like a life vest on the Titanic and you're a man. So you're not getting on those boats. You suffocate the puppy, you hug the puppy too tight. It's going to die. Um, but I, I'm feeling like I have less of a grip in a, in a really good way. And I want to recalibrate my mind and I want to take this chapter I'm about to read you is is truly in- incredible. I'm going to keep doing the Patreon. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I've been wanting to put a lot of effort into the Patreon for a while. And I'm just, there's so much shit going on in my life that's good that I'm so excited about. But I'm like, okay, there are areas where I need to trim down the work that I'm doing and focus. Corinne worked for Lehman Entertainment um, before she, we she, we both made the switch over to like comedy uh, full time. And one of her clients was Lynn manuel Miranda. And she, and she in the Heights and, and uh, you know, What's that old musical? Uh, Hamilton, I think that's what it's called. I don't know if you've heard of it. He took five years off. Not five years off like he sat in a hut in the woods. But he asked his manager, who Krim worked for, to not, book, to not send him out on any auditions. He took five years. Obviously, he has a family and he has friends and stuff. So he lived his life. You have to. If you're an artist, you have to nurture your fucking soul, right? Um, to make Hamilton. And I have ever since Corinne told me about that, I, I've never forgotten it. And I realized I spread myself too thin out of guilt. I spread myself too thin because I think I need to earn love from myself and my and, and earn love and respect from my friends, from my colleagues, from the industry, from fans, from strangers. And I'm slowly realizing that I don't need to do that and that I can actually dictate where I want my life to go and what projects I work on and I can do things I can I can handle my career the way I actually want to and there's so many things that I want to do 
I'm going to keep up the Patreon. It's going to be at least two episodes a month. Um, so if you want to sign up for that, sign up for that. But please don't, you know, I, I was so, uh, I guess triggered or traumatized is is a good way to put it. Uh, well, triggered maybe is a better way. When Corinne and I um, made the switch to Luminary with Guys Who Fuck, that decision took a year to make because there are so many factors to consider. And one of them is, are we disappointing the people who have been with us for a long time? Like, we didn't, we actually, side note, we didn't know that Luminary was not going to be available in every country until it came out. And then people were like, I'm in Spain. Why can't I get it? And we're like, oh, that sucks. Whoopsie daisy. Um, Corinne and I work really hard on our careers and we love it. And I got to say, I've... I've never been so understood by a person than I have with Corinne. And when we work together, we are our best self. Like we bring out the side of me that she brings out is inc- I'm in love with that side of myself. And when and Corinne and I have so many we we have sometimes I'm like god if you guys if if people only knew like all the stuff we have going on it, but and I'm so impatient, you know, because I want to tell people like that photo shoot. I'm just like, I look so hot in these photos. Why can't we? Why can't we put them out? <laughs> but Corinne is really good with the patience and the, you know, she used to work in management, so she's she's good with strategy. She's good with being calm. She's good, and it's God. I'm so lucky to have her as a comedy partner. I really, really am lucky because where I lack, she is, oh, aces blows me out of the water, and I'm so thankful. But we have a a several projects that Corinne and I are working on that you will see soon one of them you're going to see soon and it's going to be it's not going to be behind a paywall it's going to be on YouTube and it's going to be yeah we're really excited about it and we shot a teaser for it uh, last night and that's why I couldn't sleep because when I the work that I do with her it's like I really tapping into who I really am and then, as an extension of that, the doing this podcast has allowed me to further tap into actually getting to know myself genuinely for the first time. And it was it's really cool to have that kind of, you know, commemorated forever as a podcast. And I really do believe that all good things must come to an end. And that's a new thing for me. I hugged that puppy too tight my whole goddamn life because I didn't know if the puppy would ever come back if I'd ever get another puppy. I was living in fight or flight, y'all. And so I I read this chapter that I'm about to read to you and I had all these epiphanies of like, oh my God, I can live my life for me and not other people. And I, when I tell you I was sobbing in the middle of the night last night, I mean, sick tears for a while. I mean, and it was just, and it was, there was a part of me that was observing me do this. I'm like, yeah, girl, get that out, girl. Oh man, you're gonna feel so good. And it was so cathartic. I've just been having a lot of those breakthroughs lately, and it's been feeling really good. And I want to take time to collect myself and give the pay. I really want to give the Patreon um, the love that I I've been wanting to give it, and I know I can. I just need to clear my schedule out a little more. I need to clear my head. My cup is my cup is overflowing with water, and and so any little drop is very stressful to me. So I want to, you know, I want to drain the reservoir and have more room in my cup. And so this is me doing that. You will hear from me again, and you could also fucking listen to me on Guys Who Fuck, um, which will soon be available. I don't know if I can say it, but I'm gonna do it anyway because you know what? Fuck it. I want you to know 
it will soon be available everywhere. And that, it, that actually will. Do you trust me? I would not say that unless it was absolutely happening and I already had confirmation emails. So, <laughs> so if you want a subscription, you can. But if you don't, it's okay. But I really am of this mindset of like, yeah, you know what? All good things must come to an end. And that's how you send a good thing off. Like, I haven't watched the Friends reunion because I kind of don't want to see them like that. Like, I heard some reviews of like, wow, the the women really took care of themselves, but the guy, and I'm like, I don't want my last impression of grandpa to be him comatose. You know, not that, that they're comatose, but I just like, there's a part of me that really holds on to the nostalgia and the beauty of the show Friends that I'm like, I don't want to see him old and doing it. I just want to remember him, you know, the way I remember him, which I mean, take that for what you will. I, I don't even know how to take that, but um. But, you know, when you milk a good thing, it loses its oomph sometimes. And so I don't want to do that. I want I want to I want to really honor this podcast. It's been life changing for me in that I've really gotten to talk some shit out. Uh, But still email me. The email address is going to be open and I'm still going to be doing uh, Patreon episodes. And I I would love if you signed up because, you know, what I'm trying to think about my business, too. Corinne and I released a finance episode, a finance, a, a mini series episode on Luminary. I'll plug that. Because if you sign up for Luminary, you get a subscription. If you do a yearly plan, it's as, as $2.99 a month if you do a yearly plan. So $2.99 a month. I do not feel bad asking you for that. You're listening to a podcast on a goddamn phone. But that being said, I get it. If you'd rather not have another monthly subscription, it's, it's up to you. I don't got to hear your opinion, but you can deal with your feelings. You are absolutely capable of dealing with your feelings, and I accept them. You don't got to tell me about them, but I accept them. And I love you for it. And congrats on not killing yourself. I seriously mean that. It's hard. Um, yeah. So this project that I'm well, several projects, and they're big. Corinne really pushes me to work harder than I thought I could, and it's scary every single time. But at the end of every like, okay, so yesterday, for example, her and I had a crazy hectic day. Not hectic, but like we had a lot. We recorded Guys Who Fucked. We interviewed for uh, associate producer positions. We did three hours of interviews, back-to-back, 15-minute slots, back-to-back. And then we shot a teaser for this project. And it went so fucking well, this shoot. And it was so fun. And it reminded me of why I wanted to, why I want to be a comedian, why I want to make short films, why I want to be an actress, why I want to be a creative person. It was so fucking wonderful and an honor to do and a joy. And I want to dive into more of that. I want, I have, I have so many ideas for this Patreon of like, uh, I was supposed to have a book proposal due a while ago and I just, I was, I, I psyched myself out so much and I like freaked myself out that I didn't do it. And then the voices in my head were like, I told you you weren't going to get it done. And then the other voice was like, yeah, I told you, you stupid piece of shit. And then it's like, guys, shut the fuck up. Okay. But, um, those elements that I wanted to include in this book, I'm including in the Patreon. Like I have... A team of people that I hired. I'm investing in my... But Patreon is a good way... Instagram is going to come and go. And I feel like the business of being a comedian is changing, as it does. But I think that a Patreon is actually really great. I fucking resisted the shit out of that. Because it made me have to face myself worth. And I just like didn't feel like doing that. But once I did, I was like, oh shit. Patreon is a great place where you can really develop a closer relationship with the artist. And the artist is developing a closer relationship with people that 
really give a shit and it feels good to tell talk to people who give a shit it just feels good and i i know i can't see it when i talk on those episodes but i feel it it feels good well even doing this feels great but i want to focus on that and i really want to i really want to make this fucking immersive theater thing work and i've had um i hired a that part-time assistant this lovely lovely human being that works with me jordan um I've had her looking into um, doing artist grants for buildings on Governor's Island because there are rows and rows of colonial homes there that I'm just like, and I snuck into one of them because I was like, well, the door's open and no no one's in there, so I'm just going to see. And my excuse always in New York City when I'm somewhere I shouldn't be is like, I'm doing a student film. (laughs) I'm just a kid, mister. It doesn't work because they're like, no, you're not. But so I have her looking in it. So I'm like looking into these artist grants to like do maybe do this immersive theater. Like I just there's so many ideas swirling in my head and I really want to go for it. So this is going to be the last episode, uh, but I'm going to come out with it's not the last you'll hear from me at all. Um, but if you want at least biweekly. Oh, and another thing, I think I told you this already that I did for the Patreon was a, a private Instagram account for Kevin. And I post on it a lot. I post all of his puppy things and then I'll do stories and sometimes I'll go live when I'm smoking weed and playing in the middle of the night at the tennis courts. It's really fun. Uh, so that's it. But that's, he, this is how I am though. If I would have promised that, I wouldn't have done it. But because I didn't promise it, I gladly did it. And I'm like, well, that's not how I would prefer to work, but okay, sure. So that's why I say at least two episodes a month. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I really want to put work into that and I want to put, uh, I want to put a heart into these other projects that I'm really excited for and I can't, and please, but I'll, like I said, this uh, email will always be open. I'm not going to delete it. Um, also, if you want to really be up to date, like the most up to date, because like I said, Mark Zuckerberg probably heard me talking about how I think he's a lizard person a lot, so he might take my Instagram away. A lot of comedians and non-comedians, a lot of sex workers, a lot of anybody with a nipple who's a woman, uh, a lot of people can get their Instagram accounts taken down. My friend Kirill had like a, over a million followers on his one Slut Whisperer account and Instagram was like, nope, and then took it away from him and that was his whole business. So it's like, I don't want to rely on a social media to be my business. I don't want to rely on Instagram to sell out a show. So that is all to say, if you go to my website, christinahutchinson.com, it's in the description of this podcast, you could sign up for my email list. And one of the things that I'm doing with this new team that I'm hiring is to make these e-blasts. And I'll give you a little taste of, hey, this is what, this is a little bit of what's going on the Patreon, uh, but here's the taste of it. And then here's where I'm going to be performing because I've got dates in D.C., uh, Buffalo, New York, and uh, we're going to have dates in Austin, Texas soon. And uh, we're going to do Houston, Texas. So, yeah, sign up for my email list, but I'll remind you at the end. Okay, let's, let me, can I just read you this fucking thing that changed my life? The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. It's by Michael Singer, okay? And I don't know if I said anything, everything I needed to say, but like, guys, when I get emotional, I'm like, oh, first of all, the first title, the chapter one of this book, The Untethered Soul, A Journey Beyond Yourself by Michael A. Singer. The chapter one is titled The Voice Inside Your Head. And I read that and I just felt like I got punched, but in a good way. And I started crying when I read that because I just I just felt like it was I felt like someone was standing behind me smiling. I don't know who I don't know who, but I just felt like, okay. so I want to share a couple pieces of wisdom from uh, up until this excerpt that I'm going to read you, um, just so you get an idea of this person's philosophy. 
there is nothing more important to true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. Think about that. If you're observing yourself, ooh, I'm moody today. Ooh, Christina, you moody today. Like yesterday in the morning, I was like, girl, you getting your period? You're really pissed off for not a lot of reasons. I am not that voice, that cunty, short-tempered voice because I'm observing it, which means who's observing it? Me. That's who I am. I'm not the voice. We are not the guys. We are not the voices in our heads. And he describes them as, you know, a, 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 an annoying roommate, basically. But it's not you. And I was like, well, that's good fucking news. Ugh, because if it was me, I'd be real annoyed. Uh, here's another quote. Reality is just too real for most of us. So we temper it with the mind. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, just hiccup right into the mic. True personal growth is about transcending the part of you that is not okay and needs protection. I repeat, true personal growth is about transcending the part of you that is not okay and needs protection. So that's, this book is basically, let me just read my notes to make sure I'm not missing anything. This book is basically uh, saying we all of us, all of us have a, so much fucking mental chatter in our heads. And that's why something like social media oftentimes can bring out purely that mental chatter in your head. Like Twitter trolls, that is a voice that's in their actual head. Obviously, they typed it out. But that's not who they are. You are not like like people just got to get it out of their head because it's, it's fucking once you notice how often you judge the shit out of everything or even something as simple as narrating what you're doing as you do it. I mean, once you start realizing how often you do that, you're like, for the love of Christ, fuck this. Um, OK, so this is the excerpt I want to read you. You ready for this? Get ready. Have you ever noticed that when because OK, before real quick, one one thing. This is what I've been looking for. That's what. I, that's why this resonated for me. This is what I've been looking for, this knowledge that I'm about to tell you. Have you ever noticed that when you are mentally and emotionally drained, food doesn't help that much? Conversely, if you look at the times in your life where you are in love or excited or inspired by something, you are so filled with energy that you didn't even want to eat. This energy we are discussing does not come from the calories your body burns from food. This is a source of energy you can draw upon from the inside. It is distinct from the outer energy source. Because, guys, we have everything we need inside ourselves. The best way to examine this source of energy is to look at an example. Oh, and this example, y'all, was right up my Pisces, double Pisces ass alley. Let's say, and, oh, God, I mean, really think, put yourself in these shoes of this example. Let's say that you're in your 20s and your girlfriend or boyfriend breaks up with you. You get so totally depressed that you start staying home alone. Soon, because you don't have the energy to clean up, everything ends up sprawled all over the floor. You can hardly get out of bed, so you just sleep all the time. You must be eating because there are pizza boxes lying all around, but nothing seems to help. You just have no energy. Your friends invite you out, but you decline. You are simply too tired to do anything. Oh, been there. Most people have been there at some time in their life. You can feel that you have no way out, and it seems like you will stay there forever. 
Then suddenly one day, the phone rings. I mean, in this scenario, oh my God, so visceral. The phone rings. It's your girlfriend or your boyfriend. That's right. The one who dumped you three months ago. She's crying as she says, oh my God, do you remember me? I hope you'll still talk to me. I just feel so terrible. Leaving you was the worst mistake I have ever made. I see now how important you are to me and I can't live without you. The only real love I've ever felt in my life was during the time we were together. Would you please forgive me? Could you ever forgive me? Can I come over and see you? Now, how are you doing? Seriously, how long does it take you to get enough energy to jump out of bed, clean up the apartment, take a shower, and get some color back in your face? It's practically instantaneous. You're filled with energy the moment you hang up the phone. Oh my God, I can't tell you how many times I've been there. How does this happen? You were completely drained for months and months. You had no energy. Then out of nowhere, in a matter of seconds, there is so much energy, it blows you away. You can't just ignore these enormous shifts in your energy level. Where exactly did that energy come from? There's no, there was no sudden change in your eating or sleeping habits. Yet, when your girlfriend comes by, you end up talking all night and going out to see the sunrise in the morning. You're not tired at all. You're together again, and you're holding hands, and these rushes of joy just won't stop overwhelming you. People see you, and they remark that you look like a bundle of light. Where did all this energy come from? What you'll see if you watch carefully is that you have a phenomenal amount of energy inside of you. It doesn't come from food, and it doesn't come from sleep. And it doesn't come from analyzing your childhood. I had that part. This energy is always available to you. At any moment, you can draw upon it. It just wells up and fills you from the inside. When you're filled with this energy, you feel like you could actually take on the world. When it is flowing strongly, you can actually feel it coursing through your waves through you in waves. I was like, that didn't make sense. <laughs> it gushes up spontaneously from deep inside and restores, replenishes, and recharges you. I mean, have you ever, I mean, the I, I know exactly that feeling. Do you guys know that feeling? Like so, when it's circumstantial and it's a, like for me, like I'm thinking of a guy, like a guy that I'm friends with that I'm like, I'm not in love with him, but if he asked me out, I'd say yes immediately. Like, but if that person would text, like your crush, like if your crush texts you, all of a sudden, Whatever the fuck happened earlier, it's fine. You're like, da-da-da-da-da. You're fucking doing a Jiminy Cricket skip down the thing and fucking tripping, but you don't care because you're so happy because this person invigorated you. Well, guess what? That energy came from inside of you. It, it, it was activated from another person, but you have that energy inside yourself that you can activate. And when I read that part, I was like, I fucking knew it. The only reason you don't feel this energy all the time is because you block it. You block it by closing your heart, by closing your mind, and by pulling yourself into a restrictive space inside. This closes you off from all the energy. When you close your heart or close your mind, you hide in the darkness within you. There is no light. There is no energy. There is nothing flowing. The energy is still there, but it can't get in. This is what it means to be blocked. This is why you have no energy when you're depressed. There are centers within, your, uh, within that channel, your, uh, your energy flow. When you close them, there is no energy. When you open them, there is. Although various energy centers exist within you, the one you intuitively know the most about opening and closing is your heart. Oh my God, this part made me cry. Because oh, it resonated so much. Let's say that you love somebody. Yeah. 
and you feel very open in their presence. I have somebody like that in my life. Because you trust them, your walls come down, allowing you to feel lots of high energy. But if they do something you don't like, the next time you see them, you don't feel so high. You don't feel as much love. Instead, you feel a tightness in your chest. This happens because you close your heart. The heart is the energy center and it can open or close. The yogis call energy centers chakras. When you close your heart center, energy can't flow in. When energy can't flow in, there's darkness. Depending upon how closed you are, you either feel tremendous disturbance or overwhelming lethargy. Or lethargy, whatever, who cares? Often people fluctuate between these two states. If you find out that your loved one didn't do anything wrong, or if they apologize to your satisfaction, your heart opens again. With this opening, you get filled with energy and the love starts flowing again. How many times have you experienced these dynamics in your life? So many, Michael. Oh, so many. You have a wellspring of beautiful energy inside you. When you are open, you feel it. When you are closed, you don't. This flow of energy comes from the depths of your being. It's been called by many names. In ancient Chinese medicine, it's called chi. In yoga, it's called shakti. In the West, it's called spirit. Call it anything you want. All the great spiritual rituals talk about your spiritual energy. They just give it different names. That spiritual energy is what you're experiencing when love rushes into your heart. This, and that's what I felt when I was reading this chapter, and that's also what I felt when I was telling you guys about my plans. This is what you're experiencing when you're enthused by something and all this high energy comes up inside you. You should know about this energy because it's yours. It's yours. Yes, you. We do need spreadsheets, riding your horse through the woods. It's yours. You all have it. It's your birthright. It's unlimited. You can call upon it anytime you want. It has nothing to do with age. Some 80-year-old people have the energy and enthusiasm of a child. They can work long hours for seven days a week. It's just energy. Energy doesn't get old. It doesn't get tired and it doesn't need food. What it needs is openness and receptivity. From other people, usually. <laughs> like a friend who sees and hears you. Like a, you know, like, a, like a loving relationship where you can appreciate each other. That's where my energy flows the best, in my friendships. This energy is equally available to everybody. The sun does not shine differently on different people. If you're good, the sun shines on you. If you did something bad, it shines on you. It's the same with the inner energy. The only difference is that with inner energy, you have the ability to, clo uh, to close up inside and block it. When you close up, the energy stops flowing. When you open, all the energy rushes up inside you. True spiritual teachings are about this energy and how to open it. The only thing that you have to know is that opening allows energy in and closing blocks it out. Now you have to decide whether or not you want this energy. How high do you want to get? I mean, real high. You know me. Your girl loves the high. How much love do you want to feel? All the love that I could possibly feel forever and ever. How much enthusiasm do you want to have for the things you do? I mean, only all of it. If enjoying a full life means experiencing high energy, love, and enthusiasm all the time, then don't ever close. <sighs> There's a very simple method for staying open. You stay open by never closing. It is really that simple. All you have to do is decide whether you are willing to stay open or whether you're uh, worth closing, whether you think it's worth closing. You can actually train yourself to forget how to close. And that's good news. Closing is a habit. And just like any other habit, it can be broken. Like smoking. Yeah, like smoking. Oh, yeah, I quit. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, me too. For example, you could be 
You could be the type of person who has an underlying fear of people and tends to close up when you first meet them. You could actually be in the habit of experiencing an uptight closing sensation whenever somebody walks up to you. And I kind of feel that a lot. You could train yourself to open every time you see a person. It's just a question of whether you want to close or whether you want to open. It's ultimately under your control. The problem is we don't exercise that control. Under normal circumstances, our state of openness is left to psychological factors. Basically, we are programmed to open or close based on our past experiences. So triggers. Uh, impressions from the past are still inside of us and they get stimulated by events, different events. Light triggers. Uh, if they were negative impressions, we tend to close. If they were positive impressions, we tend to open. Let's say you smell a certain scent that reminds you of what it was like when you were young and somebody was cooking dinner. How you react to the scent depends upon the impression left by your past experiences. Did you enjoy having dinner with the family? A lot of times I did. Was the food good? Well, sometimes it was. If so, then the smell of that scent warms you and opens you. But if it wasn't so much fun eating together or if you had to eat food you didn't like, then you tighten and close up. It really is that sensitive. A smell can make you open or close, and so can seeing a car of a certain color, or even the type of shoes a person is wearing. We are programmed based upon our past impressions, such that all kinds of things can cause us to open and close. If you pay regular attention, you will see it happen regularly throughout the day. So guys, this is fucking homework assignment. Pay fucking attention to this. But you should never leave something as important as your energy flow to chance. If you like energy, and you do then don't ever close it. The more you learn to stay open, the more energy can flow into you. You practice opening by not closing. Anytime you start to close, ask yourself whether you really want to cut off the energy flow. Because if you want, you can learn to stay open no matter what happens in this world. You just make a commitment to explore your capacity for receiving unlimited energy. You simply decide not to close. At first, it feels unnatural since your innate tendency is to close as a means of protection. I mean, you might say, Daddy Singer. But closing your heart does not really protect you from anything. I know. It just cuts you off from your source of energy. In the end, it only serves to lock you inside. What you'll find is that the only thing you really want from life is to feel enthusiasm, joy, and love. Oh, my God. When he said this, I just screamed into the sky because I was like, finally, someone gets it. If you can feel all that all the time, then who cares what happens outside? If you can always feel up, if you can always feel excited about the experience of the moment, then it doesn't make any difference what the experience is. No matter what it is, it's beautiful when you feel that way inside. So you learn to stay open no matter what happens. If you do, you get free from what everybody else is struggling for. Love, enthusiasm, excitement, and energy. You simply realize that defining what you need in order to stay open actually ends up limiting you. If you make lists of how the world must be for you to open, you have limited your openness to those conditions. Better to be open no matter what. How you learn to stay open is up to you. The ultimate trick is to not close. If you don't close, then you will have learned to stay open. Do not let anything that happens in life be important enough that you're willing to close your heart over it. <sighs> That's good advice. When your heart starts to close, just say, no, I'm not going to close. I'm going to relax. I'm going to let the situation take place and be there with it. I mean, you probably say a little calmer than that. Do the best you can, but deal with it with openness. Deal with it with excitement and enthusiasm. No matter what it is, just let it be a 
be the sport of the day. In time, you will find that you forget how to close. No matter what anyone does, no matter what situation takes, um, takes place, you won't even feel the tendency to close. You will just embrace life with all your heart and soul. Oh, that's what I've always wanted. Once you've attained this very high state, your energy level will be phenomenal. You will have all this energy you need all the time just to relax and open and tremendous energy will rush up inside of you. You are only limited by your ability to stay open. If you really want to stay open, pay attention when you feel love and enthusiasm. Then ask yourself why you can't feel this all the time. Why does it have to go away? The answer is obvious. It only goes away if you choose to close. By closing, you are actually making the choice not to feel openness and love. You throw away love all the time. You feel love until somebody says something you don't like and then you give up the love. Oh, I do that. You feel enthused about your job until someone criticizes something and then you want to quit. It's your choice. You can either close because you don't like what happened or you can keep feeling love and enthusiasm by not closing. As long as you are defining what you like and what you don't like, you will open and close. I repeat, as long as you are defining what you like and what you don't like, like, I like that, I don't like that. And when I say that, I mean like the narrator in your head, the voice in your fucking head, guys. The vo it narrates everything. I like that, I don't like that, I like that. It's like, shut the fuck up! Can we just shut the fuck up for like two seconds? That's why we do transcendental meditation. You are actually defining your limits by narrating what you like and what you don't like. That's so true. You are allowing your mind to create triggers that open and close you. Let go of that. Dare to be different. Enjoy all of life. The more you stay open, the more the energy flow can build. At some point, so much energy comes into you that it starts flowing out of you. You feel it as waves pouring off of you. You can actually feel it flowing off your hands, out of your heart, and through your energy centers. All of these energy centers open and tremendous amount of energy starts flowing out of you. What is more, the energy affects other people. People can pick up on your energy and you're feeding them with this flow. If you are willing to open up even more, it never stops. You become a source of light for all those around you. Just keep opening and not closing. Wait until you see what happens to you. You can even affect the health of your body and your energy flow. When you start to feel the tendency of an illness coming on, you just relax and open. When you open, you bring more energy into the system and you can heal it. Energy can heal and that's why love can heal. As you explore your inner energy, a world, a whole world of discovery opens up to you. The most important thing in life is your inner energy. If you're always tired and never enthused, then life is no fun. But if you're always inspired and filled with energy, then every minute of every day is an exciting experience. Learn to work with these things through meditation, through awareness and willful efforts. You can learn to keep your centers open. You do this by just relaxing and releasing. You do this by not buying into the concept that there's anything worth closing over. Remember, if you love life, nothing is worth closing over. Nothing ever is worth closing your heart over. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go find that energy and I'm going to bring it out. And I'm going to focus on bringing it out. And I can't wait for you guys to see what I got going on next. And I really can't wait for you to see what Corinne and I are cooking up. This episode is partially dedicated to all, well, all of you. And also Naomi Osaka, who uh, was recently in the press for, or in the press, her rep 
said that uh, she did not want to be doing press conferences because that wasn't what the sport was about. It's about playing tennis. And she was uh, wanted her mental health. She wanted to focus on her mental health. And when you're an athlete, God, I can't imagine the, the amount of focus you need to have. And that really struck me. And she got kicked out of the final or I don't know sports, but the whatever the big competition was, she's like a really good player. She got removed from it because she wouldn't do press because she put her mental health first unapologetically so that's also what I'm doing with this move and and I'm really excited I'm just I got a lot of stuff cooking and I'm really I'm really excited I'm really excited so guys please uh Sign up for the Patreon if you want. I mean, you don't have to, but you want. I'm, I'm coming out with a new level that's going to be um, group therapy, but it's going to be uh, weekly, and I'm not going to be in it all the time, but it's going to. you guys are going to be connected with each other because um, I've been doing the group therapy for the highest tier of Patreon, and it has been really nice. But I was like, I want more people to have access to that because that level's a little fancy-priced. So this one's not going to be. So sign up for my email list. Um, congrats on not killing yourself. Seriously. Black Lives Matter. That is uh, a sentiment that I hope you're all behind. Because it's not a socialist organization, Jesus Christ, Nancy. White people, let's examine our racism and course correct while we encourage a country's culture to shift towards caring about the human race. Okay? We're all walking around with pain. But let's make it a more loving and let's just make let's make our lives more loving and when your life is more loving and you have that energy flow there's no room for sexism there's no room for racism there's no room for homophobia there's no room for any of that ugliness of humanity all right i love you guys so much have a blessed day i'll talk to you soon welcome to your life There's no turning back Even while we sleep We will find you acting on your best behavior Turn your back on Mother Nature Everybody wants to rule the world It's my own desire It's my own remorse Help me to decide Help me make the most of freedom and of pleasure Nothing ever lasts forever Everybody wants to rule the world There's a room where the light won't find you Holding hands while the walls come tumbling down When they do, I'll be right behind you So glad we've almost made it So sad they had to fade it Everybody wants to Every
come to your life there's no turn